Iowa everywhere. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All access. An inside look at what it takes to operate Iowa's largest entertainment and convention facility. This is Iowa Event Center All Access. From Iowa everywhere. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of All Access here on the Iowa Everywhere Podcast Network. We're presented by our good friends at the Iowa Event Center. That's where my man Adam Flack is at. Adam, how you doing today? Matt, we're doing great. You know, the the Grammys were last weekend. Uh, it was a great yeah. night of music. And they, between the performances and, you know, Taylor Swift blowing up the Internet again with her, her new album artwork. I mean, it, it was a great night uh, to celebrate all things music. Did you, did you catch it at all? I, I did catch a little bit. I, I, I caught right when Taylor Swift was on stage and kind of, yeah, broke the Internet with her announcement. And I, I think she might kind of break the Internet again this weekend with the Super Bowl, you know who I'm going to be cheering for. I think you, I think I might know who you are too. As well. Yeah. I think we have a shared, uh, we have a shared interest there, but I heard that they asked Brock last night during their little quarterback interviews, if he was okay, um, you know, disappointing Taylor Swift in the fourth I think, quarter. I think, the, the I think the word was breaking the heart of Taylor Swift. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in his, <laughs> you know, Easy manner that he is, he never gets rattled. He just said, "Yeah, he's okay with that." So I, I'm good. It should be a good game this weekend. You got plans for the Super Bowl? Not really. You know, it's it's pretty low key around my house. Yeah. We'll all get together and watch it, and maybe a couple of people from the neighborhood come over. But yeah. um, for the most part, just you know, I don't deal with a lot of good distractions watching sports. It's easier just to watch. Well, I've been a lifelong 49ers fan. It just so happens, you know, Brock Purdy's our quarterback now, so I have a, even more of a rooting interest. But, you know, I think I may just watch the game by myself. I have a hard time, like, especially yeah. when my team's involved. Like, when I watch someone watch the Super Bowl and my team's not involved, it's fun to have the big party. But, you know, with my team being involved, I, I kind of just want to be locked into the game and no distractions. So, <laughs> Still not sure why we don't have Monday off. Maybe because we're going to be prepping for, you know, one of our big events that we'll talk about here a little bit later with Chris Cuellar. But, you know, that yep, Monday after the Super Bowl seems to be a, a holiday is what they need to turn it into. So. Absolutely. You mentioned we'll, we'll get to, to Chris Cuellar here in just a little bit from the Iowa High School Athletic Association. He's going to talk all things state tournament, some big things happening around the state with high school prep sports as well. But hey, you guys have some exciting announcements that you guys made in the past week, some big shows coming to Wells Fargo Arena. Big shows. They don't always come as planned. You know, we had a couple of delays in announcing a couple of these shows, but over the course of the last couple of months, we've been able to announce Lil Wayne, who will be making his first appearance at Wells Fargo Arena, uh, Barry Manilow, who will be making his second appearance and final appearance at Wells Fargo Arena, and then uh, Luke Bryan. And, and Luke Bryan is a show coming up August 24th. We just announced, goes on sale this weekend. And it, that's a show that we have been close on four or five times over the course of the years. And mm-hmm. so I'm still not sure and, and if i'm going to believe that he's coming until we get the, the tickets on sale but you know we we had him announced it on sale and then COVID hits and and before that it was yep he's on the books never mind we're not announcing so it's it's been a few different times we're excited for three different shows coming up 
the Lil Wayne, April 11th, Barry Manilow, August 1st, and Luke Bryan, August 24th. Luke Bryan has uh, some history with our state. He comes back every summer for that farm tour, doesn't he? Picks it he does, yeah. A small town to come to. So he's been to, been to Iowa a few times. He has. I think last year it was in outside of Colfax. I know he's been outside mm-hmm. of Boone. It'll be interesting to see because our date is August 24th, right after the state fair. So the farm tours typically on in September, October, maybe. Um, but I, I'm not sure if that means he'll be coming back again this year for that or not. Mm-hmm. Has Lil Wayne ever played at Wells Fargo? No, first time. Okay, first time. So that, that will be pretty exciting. Yeah, we're uh, you know we were supposed to have it a, a week earlier, uh, just to give you a peek behind the curtain. And something happened with another market um, okay. where they couldn't do the back to back date with us, and so we had to shuffle some things around, look at a different week. Fortunately for us, just a week later, and, and we were only able, uh, or we were able to to get it announced that next week. But um, again, sales are going strong for that one, uh, better yeah. than uh, in a lot of other places for him so we're excited to have him so the first time for Lil Wayne performing at Wells Fargo and maybe the last time for Barry Manilow I think that they say is this the farewell tour or uh yeah they're they're pretty specific that it's not a farewell tour but it is the last Des Moines concert so they are pretty confident that it'll be the last time he appears in Des Moines it just they're not going as far as calling it a farewell yet so he's you know I think he's 81 years old still puts on a great show he was here a few years ago um so something for everybody coming through absolutely well want to mention too we still have those two contests going on at iowaeverywhere.com we have the Zach Bryan uh, quitting time tour coming April 25th and 26th you can still get in we got one more week I believe of uh entries for that um actually maybe we're announcing the the last winner on Thursday for two guys and Chris so you got a couple days left to get into that contest um iowaeverywhere.com super easy to get in and sign up i know we've had a couple thousand entries for that adam so i appreciate you guys uh you know giving that uh, opportunity to our listeners we'll have a you know if you win that you get uh, to bring three of your closest friends you're gonna have food and drinks in the suite so that should be a really fun show we're really looking forward to that one april 25th show yeah, that's that's uh, again, we're all looking forward to that one. High energy yeah. show. Uh, don't get to do um, contests with sweets very often. So it is kind of yeah. a, a once uh, every couple of years that we can we can play with those sweets that way. So happy to, to give your listeners an opportunity to get in there. Yeah. And, and Valentine's Day is coming up next week. We actually uh, have another contest going on. This one, you don't have to go to our website. This one, you got to enter uh, sending us an email. It's for Kane Brown's coming to Wells Fargo Arena, April 18th. We're giving away a bunch of pairs of tickets to that um, for you to bring your significant other. All you have to do is send us an email to win at iowaeverywhere.com and let us know why you're thankful for your spouse or partner. And you'll be heading to Kane Brown April 18th with a $50 gift card to one of our great full court press restaurants here in Des Moines. So I know a lot of those right around the arena. So you can take your take your partner, go get dinner before the show. Uh, again, that's win at iowaeverywhere.com. And we're actually going to announce one of our winners right now who we've chosen, uh, and that is Matthew Share. Matthew Share, congratulations. You're going to Kane Brown. Well, congrats, awesome. Matthew. It'll be a great night. I mean, you know, one of the great things about events down here is that you can come down, you can park early, hit one of those yeah. uh, closed restaurants and bars in, in the downtown area, then make your way up to the arena. Then on your way back to your car, maybe stop in again and you know, and, and relive the experience that you just had. So we appreciate um, everybody downtown that's, you know, accommodating in terms of parking and restaurants and, and bars. And, um, you know, congrats again to Matthew for coming, for winning. Yeah, awesome. We'll be in touch with you, Matthew. Uh, well, man, it's not just concerts coming to Wells Fargo Arena and the event center. You guys have quite a few other events that are going to be happening around the building uh, this week, and you got a jam-packed weekend coming up. 
Yeah, we talk a lot about the, you know, we talk at the concerts here a lot, um, but the entire facility will be busy once again. We, we've talked about Jurassic Quest in the past. So uh, Friday through Sunday, Jurassic Quest happening at Hyvie Hall. At the same time, Friday night, we have an Iowa Wild hockey game. And then the ISU Alumni Association's um, Cardinal Gold Gala going on in Community Choice. So all three facilities booked. Saturday. I'll be, em- I'll be emceeing that event. Oh, okay. So. Well, you can have a chance to see Matt down at the Iowa Event Center this yeah, weekend. Come see me. Yeah. Then Saturday, out with the Cardinal Gold Gala and the American Heart Association has their heart ball, um, as well as, you know, Jurassic Quest still going on. And that's the annual Pink in the Ring game for the Iowa Wild. So that's always a, a impactful night for for the hockey um, and then sunday jurassic quest wraps up so two big galas uh, jurassic quest and two hockey games and um, you know we're sitting here on a tuesday afternoon recording this and there are probably eight thousand screaming kids right across the street in wells fargo arena <laughs> can you That's hear the, them I, wait I'm, not, I'm listening it's the you. iowa wolves uh education day game going on right now as we're nice. recording this so yeah. um it's it's you know it's nice to sit back in the office and talk to you instead of going over there and, and listening to the screaming for a while have you talked to the players? Do they enjoy that atmosphere when the kids are in? You know, I was just listening to the radio call on the game, and they had mentioned that, you know, it's a morning game after a back-to-back is not always the the best. Uh, the, the players aren't always in the best mood to begin with, and then you come in and you don't want to do anything uh, in front of 8,000 screaming kids either. So I think they enjoy it. It's nice to play in front of a lot of people, but it's, it is a different environment to play in than a, a normal game. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, man, it's hard to imagine that the state tournaments are coming up right around the corner. Uh, boys and girls basketball. Uh, I know we got uh, soccer coming through uh, Des Moines here pretty soon. So we thought it'd be a good opportunity to bring in Chris Cuellar from the Iowa High School Athletic Association. He's a communications director over there to talk all things high school sports. Chris, how you doing today? Good. Good to see both you guys. Adam, I think I'm going to see you more than my own family over the next <laughs> Yes, we'll get uh, your room all ready for you when you get here. So we're, we're ready for state wrestling. Exactly. Yeah, state wrestling. I forgot that's a big one coming through. Um, are you? Do you tell us tell us about state wrestling? How much time and preparation goes into that? I know there's a lot of moving parts going on behind the scenes. Figuring out mat placements, who's coming in, which teams, uh, parking uh, on your side, Adam. Tell us what goes into planning for state wrestling. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're already on it. Um, so we had state duels this last weekend uh, over in Iowa City, and that kind of kicked off the whole wrestling extravaganza that we get to deal with. Um, and then the actual new, the state traditional tournament is now four days at Wells Fargo Arena and basically taking up most of the available space at Iowa Event Center. Um, so we've got over a thousand qualifiers, uh, over a hundred officials and tournament workers, and that's not including our own staff uh, who works around the clock down there. So um, it is a labor of love, and we turn it around pretty quickly from district tournaments, uh, which are coming up soon. So um, it, it it's the biggest event we do. It's the most chaotic event we do, um, but it, but it's all good. So so that event, you know, you. Used to do duels the day before the traditional state wrestling tournament. A couple of years ago, that changed, moved it over to Coralville, the brand new Extreme Arena, which is a phenomenal facility. Um, now you add that fourth day in. So is the dual tournament and executing that just a good warm up to, to get back to the traditional tournament? I mean, is it two completely separate events with, you know, kind of explain to our audience that maybe aren't wrestling centric, uh, the differences in the two tournaments? That's great. So the dual tournament is a team versus team event. And so we have 24 teams there. I think, Adam, I used to call it dress rehearsal day. I don't know if you felt yeah. the exact same way, um, but, but that's how it felt at the time. Um, so 
Uh, we used that and then led into the three-day tournament, but a lot of the teams that qualified for the dual team tournament were at the big traditional tournament anyway, so they just kind of stuck around Des Moines. Now, they come to Iowa City a couple weeks in advance, so it doesn't butt up against or cause any kind of scheduling issues with the traditional tournament, which is the biggest win out of all of this, is that they don't have to worry about waiting for an extra day or competing hard in multiple matches and then coming back and wrestling their, their peak event a few days after that. So now we're at Extreme Arena, which is a gorgeous facility, um, houses that event perfectly. Um, and we follow the girls tournament. So a lot of our tournament workers and officials get to stick around. Um, uh, so logistically, it works really well as well. Um, so it feeds in, but it, now it's just kind of the opener to our tournament season. So this week I'll be doing state swimming uh, and then diving into state wrestling and then bowling and then back at Wells Fargo Arena for basketball. So it, it uh, the duel is kind of that team versus team. It's still not as big of a crowd as the traditional tournament, but now it's more of a kickoff than a dress rehearsal. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you mentioned basketball and, you know, I, I go to a lot of high school basketball games um, and what I've noticed, the rule changes that you guys have made in basketball over the past couple seasons yeah. have been great for high school basketball. I, I'm assuming you're getting that feedback across the board, but the shot clock being in, introduced, I think that was last year, has been going great. And then the free throw rule, you know, where you're going five free throws and then two shots right away, no more one-on-ones each quarter. Um, talk about that. You know, are you getting good feedback on those rule changes? And then, you know, what goes into that from a basketball standpoint? Who makes that decision to make those changes? So great question. I'm flattered that you think that we get positive feedback. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, th those are national rules changes. So we're a member of the NFHS. Um, every state association across the country is, and the IHSAA was one of the founding members. So we follow what is a national rule set. And so the officials can learn a national rule set. It's a uniform rule book. Uh, they can be uh, re reciprocated in terms of officiating in Illinois, Minnesota, Wisconsin, places like that. Um, so we follow that, but it's multiple years of, of changes. Um, the shot clock was a couple years ago, and obviously that had been a topic of conversation in high school basketball for like a decade, um, but it was it created an option for state adoption. And Iowa and our board was very, we have a lot of basketball people on our board, and they were like, yes, we're gonna adopt it. So we were actually, I know people feel like it was a decade late, we were one of the first 15 to 20 states to jump on the shot clock. Um, so that has been really successful so far. We've only heard of, you know, a handful of issues or, or infractions, if you want to call them that, um, over a year and a half. Um, and mostly positive feedback on that. Um, getting rid of one-and-ones, uh, something that, uh, you know, we had seen. It almost feels like if you watch women's college basketball, either of you, the changes reflected women's college basketball in yeah. terms of quarters, resetting fouls, getting rid of the one and one. And it just provided a quicker, uniform, more efficient, and then per the studies, maybe limit injury on that first free throw by getting rid of the one and one. Um, and any kind of risk minimization, high school sports are usually going to take that opportunity. So um, it takes some adjustment. I think the first time I heard it, I was like, no, the one-on-one's an important part of basketball. But it, it's really been pretty seamless, and our officials have done a great job uh, taking it on. There's always new rules coming down the pipe, but um, it, it varies by sport, and NFHS is where we get our rules from. Okay. I'd have to imagine, too, you know, like you said, it improves the quality of the games you're seeing, too, because I, I know a lot of, like, teams would come in with a strategy of just like slowing the clock down you know without the shot clock they would just hold the ball during the state tournament and be like oh that's not really a fair you know that doesn't seem very fair for these teams that are coming in to play the whole season and um to have it that way so i'm glad you're seeing the success with that um you know going back to the to state wrestling you know it really is unique a unique sport you know it gets talked about nationally you know how 
how much passion and energy gets brought into our state wrestling tournament. Uh, you know, that the, the Saturday is always sold out, I know. Or is it Friday? I can't remember. Friday. Saturday, Saturday, yeah, yeah. Saturday, Saturday nights are always sold out. And it, it is such a unique sport where you're getting, as opposed to like basketball, you're getting so many people from all over the state. You know, with state basketball, you're only getting, what, eight eight schools in uh, yes. for, you know, per class. But with wrestling, you're getting, you know, all different kinds of schools. Um, how unique is that to, to be able to host all those different people? And how do you put on such a high quality event for that many people and schools coming in? It just takes, I mentioned the work in the lead up. It, it just takes the full attention of multiple organizations, multiple interests uh, of the event. Adam can talk to that on, on the actual event center side of things. I mean, I can't imagine even the number of parking people that it takes to get all these Iowans turned in and out. So now we're talking a thousand different qualifiers from around 200 different schools. So how many different towns is that? Um, so we're coordinating with traffic to come into town, with hotels, obviously, uh, restaurants, there's expenses paid, there's, uh, Ticketing, there's uh, folks coming in with credentials, passes. I credential over 300 media members usually uh, for, for state wrestling. And then we've got to find a place to put them. And then we've got to have a way to get everybody around and so that they know what's going on. Um, it, it's the biggest circus we have. Um, <laughs> and mm -hmm. I, I think that first day always feels like uh, the house is on fire and you're just trying to put it out in, in a million different places. But um, yeah. I think that's what makes it so fun. And I think the fans, enjoy it and they feel that kind of energy that's happening out on the mat these kids are wrestling the biggest matches of their high school career to that point probably maybe of their lives wrestling you know doesn't it, it's not like a basketball or football with, with the professional level so um the intensity is there the passion is there um and so the last few years it's just kind of been getting back from that 2021 odd pre-vaccine tournament that we had with a uh, 5,000 people per session um but um a lot of it comes down to the staff at Iowa Event Center because we're talking over 10,000 people per session, Matt. And Adam, how many places in Iowa can host 10,000 people per session for four straight days? Yeah, I think I think one. Um, yeah. You know, and, and one of the the biggest keys to that is we're seeing better adoption on advanced ticket purchases through online, and that just makes things seamless for the fan. You know, if they and they're used to it because most high schools are now doing and um, advanced ticketing. You know, my son's eighth grade basketball games. You have to buy your tickets in advance, so it, more people are used to that, which just gives one less issue to have when people get on site. It's like, bring your ticket. When you get here, you get in a lot easier. You can find your seat um, because it's general admission until the finals. And so, you know, you'll have those schools. It's one of the coolest things. You open doors and these schools will all beeline to a certain section where they can get together with their team and their colored shirts. And um, you look across the arena and you know who's chewing or here, who is cheering uh, for what student athlete because they're all wearing the same shirts. And it, it's, it's one of the coolest spectacles we do. So, Chris, you you guys announced recently state soccer is going to be moving over to Drake Stadium and Mediacom Stadium uh, for the finals and Mediacom Stadium. What what does that change mean for student athletes here in our state? Good question. Besides the playing surface, county was grass and uh, both Drake Stadium and Mediacom Stadium are turf. Um, so depending on your perspective, our big schools have been playing on turf almost all year long, and most of the smaller schools play on it numerous times throughout the year. Um, but th that is a pretty big change in, in terms of the sport. 
In terms of facility, that, that, that's the biggest, I guess, for us upgrade for the semifinals and finals. As those crowds increase, as the needs of the facility increase, we were really excited that um, Mediacom Stadium was able to be an option for us. And I, I think size-wise, almost like Extreme Arena for the girls wrestling tournament and for our dual team wrestling, it, it really suits uh, the event. We're going to see if, if that totally plays itself out, but um, it's, it's a gorgeous new facility. They were excited to have us, and, and we're excited to be there. So uh, from a fan-going perspective, that will probably be the bigger adjustment than, than just playing on uh, grass or turf. How, how do you manage, as the organization, overseeing all of these sports and these state finals, uh, the student-athlete experience and the fan experience? You know, So you've got what's best for the student athlete that's coming to participate? What's best for mom or grandma and those coming in to the stadium to watch? I mean, how do you balance? What are the priorities there? And, and anything new that you can share with us that, that's coming up for this year? That's a big question, Adam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Iowa is the only state in the country that separates boys and girls um, by athletic association. Um, so our job at the Iowa High School Athletic Association is overseeing the best experience we can for 70,000 student athletes across all of our 11 sanctioned sports, and then tens of thousands of more students across other activities that we offer and, and student outreach programs that we offer. Um, a small fraction of them will get to come to a state tournament. So. The primary job we have and most of the year is taken up by caring about those events, enforcing rules, regulations, sharing information, providing resources for our schools for those 70,000, right? So that, that's what we do spend the bulk of our time on. But we are totally cognizant of the fact that most people interact with us for that little bit of time for those state championships that has those qualifiers. So, I mean, I know I talked about a thousand wrestlers. Uh, coming down to Wells Fargo Arena, and that might sound like a lot, but again, we've got 70,000 participants. So it really is, it's the cream of the crop in every sport that make it to those state tournaments. Then once we get to those state tournaments and Adam, I get to see you for a few extended days, that means we're focused on those state championships and providing the best experience we can um, for uh, the student athletes, for the schools, for their coaches, anybody in their community that might want uh, to come and, and actually see the event. So um, our job ranges from everything, including you know making sure that it's at the best possible facility and with the best possible schedule and arrangements and plans um, that we can put out there to make sure that the, the event and the tournament are as competitive as possible. Um, so that takes a lot of considerations. Um, I, I can speak to this as, as we're recording. I released basketball pairings yesterday uh, for small schools, brackets. And a lot of people have a lot of opinions about who should be bracketed where. But that is that, and it is important. And we spent a lot of time going over it. Um, but it, it's a small part of what we do. And, and we really are concerned about the greater ecosystem and the success of, of Iowa high school activities, which we're really fortunate here. Iowa loves high school activities and, and people really take it, um, you know, with, with great importance. Um, and so for us, that means that what we're doing is under a magnifying glass and we need to do it well. People have opinions. Really? I didn't know that. People have strong opinions about high school sports here. That's breaking news to me. I would rather have that though. And, and people be interested and, and have those opinions than, than be in a state. And we have some surrounding us, not going to name names. You can take your pick, but numerous pro sports teams, you know, maybe one city and then a rural state around it that cares about high school sports, but the, the city that dominates everything and that dominates the media landscape only cares about pro sports. So you're relegated to, you know, a different level and maybe high school or junior college type facilities. 
um, which can be really good. And we use a lot for lead up events, but mm -hmm. we're really fortunate that we try to find these prime, premier, elite level places to, to provide these state tournament experiences for so many, so many kids and so many schools. One question I had for you, Chris, and I don't know how much you can speak to it, but um, you know, hockey is really a growing sport in the state of Iowa. You know, obviously to the state to the north of us, and you know, even into Wisconsin, uh, maybe even Illinois, um, those are sanctioned sports. Big, obviously, in Minnesota. Is there has there been any discussions or talk about sanctioning hockey in the state of Iowa? Not recently. Um, so we have a bylaw that provides that uh, fifteen percent of our member schools have to offer a sport before a championship will be offered in it. Um, we could talk about emerging sports before that. And usually, you know, those conversations start before we get to that. Um, but bowling is the thing that we most recently sanctioned, but that was, uh, you know, we've got 120 bowling schools. Um, so hockey, I think on the school level, it's really important and successful to the places that do it, but we just haven't gotten to that 15 or close to that 15% threshold, um, to, to be totally concerned about it. And that all that is to say, if it got there, Sure, we'd revisit it, absolutely. Just like we would boys volleyball or rugby or any other sport that wanted to be considered for, for something like that. Yeah, it comes back probably just the accessibility of ice, you know, the rink time and uh, yeah. it can be a difficult conversation and dif difficult to have. I know there's been ongoing discussions about new rinks in Des Moines too. So, uh, but, you know, with the emergence of the, you know, the, the success of the Iowa Wild, I know it's a growing sport, especially here in the Metro. So, um, Curious. Thanks for answering that question. You're going to give me even less hair than I've already got trying to figure out <laughs> winter, winter dates where we would squeeze in that hockey tournament at Iowa Event Center, and I don't know that there's any availability. <laughs> what about moving? What about uh, what about moving uh, baseball out of the summer? Has that ever been discussed? Uh, I know. I think I was still the last state to have state or to have baseball and softball in the summer. That is correct as well. You're going to get me in trouble with all of Adam's baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is discussed regularly, but we, we've taken a vote of our membership and the baseball coaches have spoken on this issue uh, quite a bit. And uh, right now, no, I don't think yeah. it's going anywhere. I'm a fan of it. I loved I loved the summer baseball, you know, yeah. and playing yeah. the names and just a great atmosphere. And I, I know it's unique, but I didn't mind the hot summer days. <laughs> it's baseball. Yeah, day. we hear all sides of it. And, and uh, I think there are some discussions about, you know, maybe how we can adjust the summer to make it work better for everybody involved. Uh, officials, athletic directors, um, not not just those baseball diehards who show up in the summertime, but uh, all the people that have to support them. Um, but uh, it's it's not going anywhere right now. Hey, from a participation standpoint, what is your top sport? Is I think people would assume it's football, but in terms of student athlete participation, you know, it does it go football, then basketball, then wrestling? I mean, wh where does that lie in terms of the state? Great question. Um, and allow me to promote our record books on our website. Uh, we have participation yeah. data of every sport in there for folks who uh, would like to check it out. But uh, it is football, and it's not close. Okay. Uh, football remains our number one sport by participation. It's down from a peak of 21, 22,000 to around 17, but it really has settled uh, over the last five years. About 17,000 boys, uh, all grades, participate in high school football um, in Iowa. Um, track and field is actually number two. Um, okay. And uh, it provides a lot of opportunities. Teams can be very large. You can have numerous JV events. Um, it's not a contact sport, so you know maybe get a different kind of kid that might otherwise you know come out. So um, that that's been pretty two number two consistently uh, for a while. And then you get um, your baseball and basketball after that. So, um, but 
Yeah, you know, I wrote about it when I was a journalist, and it's been interesting to see it on this side as we try and, you know, uh, promote the sport. But football, I think, was kind of uh, under attack or, you know, depending on who you talk to, um, was, was in a little bit of a free fall in terms of participation numbers. But it, it's held steady at number one, and um, it's still the thing that we probably have to put the most time into as the Athletic Association because we're talking one night a week and maybe four or five nights in a fall at any given community or school. And so it, it gets a lot of interest. Yeah, and I know it's, it's gotten a lot of interest in terms of, you know, how you're classifying teams and, and the different classes. So um, I'm sure that hasn't been easy. I, I don't know that we want to get into that today, but uh, it's been uh, interesting to follow and watch it because, like you said, people have opinions on that. It's unique. Um, and so while, while we try to, I mentioned perspective, we try to think of all of our sports, we try to think of all of our communities, all of our classifications. There are situations that, that, that make certain things different. Swimming has one classification because we only have around 50 schools doing it. So we're not going to treat it like it's basketball. Yeah. Football, uh, yeah, we're, we're at seven classifications. We offer an eight-player level. Um, we've got a uh, unique setup with the Unidome and the semifinals and finals being there um, and an interesting districting cycle. So it, it's unique. We got between state wrestling, state basketball at Wells Fargo Arena, track and soccer coming up. You guys are busy, so we're going to let you go, Chris. But thank you so much for your time and uh, talking a little bit, little bit of high school sports with us. Absolutely, Adam. I will see you soon. Yeah. Hey, Chris, before we go, why don't you uh, promote your podcast? I heard the Athletic Association oh, yeah. started their own podcast, and people should go check that out. So tell us where to find it. I'm happy to join you guys. We are also, yes, the IHSAA is on podcast. So it's called Game Changers. It's available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, we started it. We're three episodes in. Um, we're talking to different game changers from around Iowa high school activities. So if you want to hear from coaches, student athletes, students who are involved heavily in just different activities around their school, officials, athletic directors, we're just going to try and offer that perspective um, from, from across the landscape and also bring some news and some background information from our organization. So those kind of aggressive questions that uh, people ask me that they don't read my FAQs for, <laughs> I'm going to answer them on the podcast. And so uh, we'll take those things to task and uh, have a little bit of fun. But uh, Adam, maybe we'll have you on in a few weeks. So. That sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Chris Coyari, Communications Director for the Iowa High School Athletics Association. Always good to get his perspective and Man, those the people over there in Boone, they stay they stay busy, don't they? <laughs> oh, they, they do. And you, you know, you don't even understand all the different sports. I mean, we're talking about two different championships that we yeah. host, but when you, you hear everything that's involved with all the different student athletes, all the different yeah. championships, all the different sites that they have to go to, um, it's hard to keep it all straight, but they do a great job and produce high quality events. So we're fortunate to be a, a partner with them. For sure. Uh well we mentioned again the the, the shows and the show announcements that you guys have had. Uh, Lil Wayne coming April 11th, Barry Manilow August 1st, and Luke Bryan August 24th. HiveyTix.com. Are all those tickets available right now, Adam? I know those ones uh, just went on sale pretty recently, right? Yeah, everything but Luke Bryan. Luke Bryan will go yeah. on sale this Friday at, at 10 a.m., so Friday, uh, February 9th at 10 a.m. But other than that, uh, get your tickets now. We've got a lot of Valentine's promotions coming out, so check IowaEventCenter.com for all your details. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, hey, for Adam Flack, for Chris Cuellar, thank you for tuning in to All Access, presented by the Iowa Event Center here on the Iowa Everywhere Podcast Network. Iowa Everywhere.